Hi, Em. Hello, Mel. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. The listeners may want to know, when when do we actually get time to record these podcasts? We we make time. We create time. <laughs> we pull it out of nowhere. It's out of thin air. It's working, working mothers. Yeah. Like yeah. Full-time jobs and then all the other stuff that we do on top of that, <laughs> we record these podcasts on the fly. Exactly. So sometimes on the weekends, sometimes late in the evening. It is, and this is where the next podcast is coming from. This was an evening one. Yeah, this was at our house, and the reason it was at our house is that uh, our house, as in Melissa's house, well, my, Melissa sorry, and yeah, I we don't, don't live, live together, together yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yet. It might be Ooh. easier. <laughs> the way you went. Yet. <laughs> but no, it was at our house because we have a guest speaker uh, who happens to be a uh, psychologist as well, Dr. Justin Harrison, but he also happens to be my husband. He does. And of course, we couldn't both be. It just happens. It just he happens your, to be. Yeah. <laughs> And a bloody good husband and psychologist as well. Exactly, that's right. So um, we couldn't, of course, both be here. So we decided to go roadshow on on location. On location at our house. That's it. So I hope you guys enjoy the next podcast. Thanks very much. Well, we have got our first ever special guest. <gasps> Hello, Justin. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Justin, you've always wanted to do something, haven't you? It's You, you obviously have a bit of an, a radio urge. These guys know how to humour an old man, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I've always, I love that voice, you know. At the third stroke, it will be 11, 27 and 12 seconds precisely. Brilliant. That was very well done. Last one feels so much better. Yeah, (laughs) good now. Um, We've got a couple of, well, not a couple of extras. We've always got producer Brad. Hi, Brad. How are you going, ladies? How are you? And Justin? Very well. He can call Justin a lady. I'm sure he won't object. (laughs) (laughs) And we've got a very special guest today as well. We've got the brand new to the team, Shannon. Welcome, Shannon. Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Shannon's brand new to this Blooming Child team as our new social media person and marketing person so yeah welcome Shannon so we've got a full house today we have and today we've got Dr Justin Harrison who's a provisional psychologist uh, and he's going to be speaking to us about uh, the topic of functional analysis big words Melissa what does that mean well I'll get Justin to explain that to you okay Uh, but of course we have to come back to the cheesy title what's our cheesy title well, I, I can't claim this one uh, at all because I was trying to uh, come across a word that would rhyme with functional. And, and we came up with sweet FA. <laughs> sweet. So that's the topic. Functional analysis, sweet, sweet FA. FA. I like it. Very so Justin good. can claim that one. Well done, Justin. Melissa, you're slacking off. I know, I know. I'm just going to have to put Drop it in the, ball. the next one. Yeah, I reckon. Um, right, so that's big words, functional mm. analysis. What the hell does it mean? Oh, them's are fighting words, aren't they? <laughs> them's are fighting words. Uh, probably worthwhile giving a, a bit of background as to my work history. I started out in this game 
working for an early childhood intervention service with children that had developmental delays or disabilities who were under six years old. And so children with profound Canner's autistic spectrum disorder, or what we used to call Canner's, uh, right through to all manner of developmental difficulties, where sometimes kids would exhibit very unusual behaviours, the things that motivate your regular child might not motivate the child. So a child with an autistic spectrum disorder might not be motivated by hugs and praise, for example. And so sometimes they're more challenging behaviours, which would range from eating non-food items to self-injuring to tearing hair out, would um, be quite a mystery to people that have difficulty understanding what motivates that behaviour. So I was trained in Stepping Stones Triple P, Positive Parenting Program, but for families of a child with a disability. And we would basically take a very functional, technical look at behaviour. And this does a few things. So we call it functional analysis of behaviour. If a behaviour happens more than once, the assumption is there's some kind of payoff and it may not be obvious what it is. And so it's taking uh, behavioural science or what we call operant conditioning or uh, behavioural learning theory and analysing the behaviour in a completely non-emotional, non-valued, uh, non-judgmental way. What sort of things make behaviour X more likely to occur? What sort of things make behaviour X less likely to occur? And since working with um, Courage on Early Intervention, I went on to teach developmental psychology at university for almost 10 years and found that one of the great things about a functional sort of approach to behaviour is it can take the emotion out of it. I mean, it's very easy sometimes when your kids are pressing your buttons to think, look, I'm pretty sure that my kids wake up and thought, how can I make Dad cry this morning? Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but obviously they didn't, you know. So we are able, if we look at it as the development of behaviour and the shaping of our child's behaviour or even our spouse's behaviour, as a technology, a take a technical approach, you can often take those really intense emotions. And what I really like about it is that it helps you take it a lot less personally. It becomes inputs and outputs. Mm. So... My favourite example is the escalation trap. You ask the kids to come up for dinner, they don't come. You ask them nicely again, they don't come up for dinner. Then you walk in screaming, threatening, carrying, getting really upset. And the child learns when you're asking nicely, they don't have to take you seriously. Nothing's mm. going to happen. So, of course, there's no sort of consequential input that tells the child, hey, they've asked me nicely, they're, they're serious, we've, we've got to do this. Unfortunately, the parent also learns something too. So, I mean, you know, parents learn behaviours like kids do and they learn that I have to get emotionally escalated to get anything to happen around here and that means that next time I get escalated a bit faster mm -hmm. and then I wonder why I'm grumpy all the time. But it's become a functional behaviour. You might be grumpy and feel terrible all the time, but it's getting things done around the house. It's just a system you've fallen into. So a functional behaviour, you could also call that a learned behaviour. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so a I think functional more... analysis is looking at what is the function of the behaviour, that's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think more people are um, more used to the phrase a learned behaviour. Mm -hmm. um, we're not all as educated as you are. You're not, we're not all that smart. <laughs> but, but essentially it sounds like what you're saying is a functional analysis. This is a way we can figure out why behaviours are persisting that we don't necessarily want to persist or even uh, why behaviours that we do want to persist are actually persisting so we can 
keep them happening? Well, one of the things that we tend to do with children um, particularly, but we also do it with employees and partners. When things are going well, they become invisible. And so yeah. the kids are playing nicely and think, right, I'm going to answer that email, get that washing on, and all hell breaks loose. So you go back in there, break it up, calm everybody down. You've accidentally rewarded a behaviour you didn't like. Yes. You've accidentally punished a behaviour you did like. Yeah. And so part of my work, the work I really enjoy with families, is helping mums and dads sit down, talk to each other and say, look, this has been happening more and more. What the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And teaching them to in a basic way, functionally analyse the behaviour they don't like, support the behaviours they do like and make a plan. And so the whole idea really working with families was to do myself out of job. Can you give us an example of perhaps a, a an odd behaviour that you've applied that strategy to um, that it, that basically gives, gives the listeners an idea of how you can then change those behaviours? One of my favourites, uh, if, if you want an odd behaviour, yeah. oh, you got it. Okay. <laughs> a, family, a family came to me and said every time there was a child they had that had a, um, a chromosomal disorder, had no speech uh, and uh, would had multiple sort of health problems. But curiously, um, through various um, operant conditioning sort of principles, had learned to produce massive amounts, and I mean truly frightening amounts of mucus, on demand. So when the child became upset or frustrated, he would just start blowing snot everywhere to the point where the family started using drop sheets. Wow. And it was the way the child could communicate displeasure or needing a break. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no way this child was thinking, I'm going to cover the house in snot, that'll sort them. It was just, I'm frustrated. This gets this gets everybody to stop what they're doing. It gets everybody to try and work out what's wrong with me really quick yeah. before the house gets covered in snot. And, and to be honest, I didn't believe it. So I went and saw it for myself. Wow. And then I did believe it. <laughs> and seeing is believing. Seeing, seeing is believing. Seeing but this is, is one of the more... You know, <laughs> believing is wearing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and... Using, um, using those behavioural analysis sort of uh, a- approaches, we found other ways of supporting attempts at communication that would get the child. So we figured, what's the child getting? Well, they're getting a break. They're getting um, the parent's solicitude, you know, attention and, and what can I do for you? And so really the idea of functional analysis is not to cut off that reward but to help them get the reward in a way that builds skills that are good for the child. So when somebody says, oh, my child just wants attention, I don't say it, but my response is kind of, well, duh, don't we all? We all want to be attended to. We all want to be loved. We all want to be told we're pretty good and doing a great job. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I want your child to have attention and tons of it, and I want them to have good skills getting it in a way that builds good social habits uh, and, uh, and reasonable behaviour in the community. So the example that you gave us then about the child and the obscene amount of mucus, that's obviously not a very normal situation. Give us an example of, let's say, a two or a three-year-old and what kind of behaviour they may exhibit um, to get the parents' attention. Okay, well, probably one of the most obvious ones is um, children learn pretty early that Public tantrums. They've got parents over a barrel. Everybody's looking. 
yeah, she's vulnerable. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she's going to do whatever she has to, or he's going to do whatever they have to, to bring this to a stop quick. Yeah. Yeah, and fortunately, and look, everybody feels that pressure. Mm. Um, with with my son, I, I had a really nice experience. First time he threw a tantrum, I just walked off because I was confused. And, I <laughs> and so I, I accidentally did the right thing, um, you know, and I very frequently accidentally happened on the correct thing to do. And I just walked off for a second and stepped out of sight while I had him in the corner of my eye. But I thought you can just let that run its course. But yeah. I'm not, I'm not, not, not buying, not, not playing. Yeah. Um, and some one person came up and paid me a compliment for standing my ground and another person came up and gave me a serve for being a neglectful parent. Yeah. So I very quickly realised you just have to figure out what your values are and stick to your guns. Yeah, for really. sure. Otherwise you'll go nuts trying to please everybody. So in that case, you know, the, the child's learning to manage frustration. They wanted something, they can't have it. Mm -hmm. As simple as that. And so... Uh, there's there's a situation there where you're really not in a position where you can pay that behaviour off. But you also need to look at the flip side. You know, if the child asks nicely, sometimes a lot of time you're going to have to say no. Mm -hmm. But it may be that, and with outings, because that can be some of the most troubled behaviour, I actually get parents to take children on outings where the goal is practising doing outings. Yeah. I don't need milk. I don't need bread. Yeah. yeah. We're going with the shopping list and if you help me find the bread, you help me find the milk, um, we might have time to go to the playground on the way home. Mm. Then if they run off, you know, you, so you give them a set of you got to stay, you know, stay next to dad, help me with this. And afterwards say, well, you know, I had to come and find you in the shops twice, so we're out of time. Okay, they'll get upset. So look, we can try again next time. So having a functional approach to behaviour also allows you to, um, the child to experience consequences mm. for not, towing the line or being cooperative. Yeah. But you're still on their side. And we'll try again tomorrow. You know, this, it didn't work out today. Like we'll have to go tomorrow. So, look, yeah, I know you're not getting what you like. The ref's decision is final. We talked about this. Yeah. But I'm still on your side. So what age can you start, like just that example that you give just then, what age can you start that almost rationalising with them? Well, the, the key ingredient is the behavioural learning. As children get older they develop more of a sense of interpersonal justice, mm. more of interpersonal fairness. And so you get into those conversations. With a child under two, not much talking happens. Yeah. Okay, it's just... It's just screaming. Yeah. Well, From both ends. Yeah, from both <laughs> ends. <laughs> um, but no, with, with um, you know, tantrums and things like that, it might be just patiently waiting till they're finished. Yeah. So what you're yeah. basically saying with that sort of age group is that there doesn't need to be that dialogue, that um, that communication. The fact that you've got uh, that reward coming after the behaviour in itself is going to get the behaviour to continue. Well, it, it, you know, if, I, uh, if somebody that's, say, pre-verbal or, or um, hasn't got great conversational skills, I disengage to some extent, provided you're safe, when you're throwing a tantrum. When you've brought yourself back down to earth, I re-engage and you're square with the house. That's mm -hmm. fine. Every, yeah. So also, and the key thing there is engaging when the child, when they're playing nicely, particularly with very small children. If they're playing nicely, put down what you're doing, go play with them. Yeah. Just for a minute. And then, tell, then break away, then come back. Break away, then come back. It's Helping children. Really badly, isn't it? We, we, we yeah, we often we forget yeah. to do it because mm. 
while they're playing nicely, it's like, don't fucking interrupt them. <laughs> you know, they're being quiet for the first time today. Just stay away. But we forget then, don't we, to reward that positive you. behavior. Mm. So what they do then is they do something that they know that they're going to get your attention for. Mm-hmm. And okay, it's negative attention, but in that moment, they're getting dad or mum's attention. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a kid's job to experiment with power. Yeah. That, that's their job. I mean, why do you think babies are so attracted to keys and remotes and phones? They know that those things represent power. You can make stuff happen with that gear. Mm. So, you know, making stuff happen in their world, it's their job to figure out how you do that. Yeah. That's their full-time gig. Yeah. So, you know, so if I teach a child, when you, when you learn to regulate your emotions, which we shouldn't expect too much of very young children, they're mm. going to lose it. Mm. Parents do washing kids, uh, you know. So, so you know, if that when they but when they do collect themselves and can calm themselves, people re-engage. You get what you want. You get attention. That gets the currency. You know. So I mm. talk to a lot of my clients, especially when they're having behavioural problems with their children based around going to bed. Mm. Um, I talk to a lot of my clients about being a robot. So I teach them to just become a robot, turn off your emotions Perfect. because that emotional mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. Um, and Melissa, this has come up in a mm-hmm. podcast of okay. ours before. Your emotional response can be such a powerful reward that you're actually reinforcing that unwanted behavior. Yep. Uh, so that goes back to the um, even as crude and as old as it is, that any attention is better than no attention at all. So if that child is really looking for that attention, they're going to push every single button and until they get it. And I know that's a divisive um, statement, any attention is better than no attention at all. There's a lot of people that agree and disagree with that. What do you think? Well, from a functional perspective, everything I've seen would say that that's pretty well correct. Mm-hmm. And this is why uh, some people say, oh, I've tried, you know, the naughty chair or time out, but it doesn't work. I said, well, if time in is as boring as time out, it's not going to have much of an yeah, effect, is it? Yeah, for so, sure. So, yeah, time out should just be a, a boring so and it should, I actually think it's the line of last resort. But yeah. if people talk about time out. You're not isolating. You're not locking the kid in a dungeon. Yeah. Go sit down until you've collected yourself. Yeah. And then you're back in the game. So, so it's, it's time actually, out. Yeah. It's not a punishment. It's no, just no. going away until you hmm. physiologically wound yourself down enough yep. that you're a reasonable human being again. That, well, then you then all the things like you know making a cake with mum, kicking the footy with dad, playing, you know, watching telly, having a chat, doing a puzzle. Uh, those things become available to you again when you learn to de-escalate your emotion. So really it's purely behavioural. So the child at a behavioural level, not at a cognitive level, they couldn't explain it to you. Yeah. They don't need to understand this at a conscious level. It's Mm. not necessary. We can train pigeons to do this stuff. Yeah. It's I do X, I get what I like. I do Y, I don't get as much of what I like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kids will learn to play percentages just like the rest of us. So I go shopping with mum. And I ask nicely, she might say yo, she might say no, but sometimes she'll say yes, I've got some chance. Mm. I chuck a wobbly, got no chance, none, zero. Yeah. And so they'll play the percentages. I've got a better chance asking nicely. Yeah. And so yeah. just taking that, that step further, if, um, for instance, a parent is experiencing issues with their child with, with a behaviour, they don't necessarily need to go see a psychologist, do they, to do this? I mean, how, how would a parent actually go about doing their own functional analysis and figuring out 
what to avoid in that behaviour and how to change that? Well, probably the main thing is to step back from what you think is rewarding and step back from what you think is a punishment or making behaviour a behaviour less likely. What you need to do is, um, I'll give you an example. If um, you know, so Emma, if I call you a total plonker, and you right. Yeah. <laughs> aside from being correct, let's leave the value judgments aside for one moment. I call you a complete plonker and you slap me in the face. I call you a plonker again. You slap me in the face. I call you a plonker twice. You slap me in the face. From a functional perspective, that slap in the face was a reward because it's made the behaviour more likely to happen. Ah, uh, so like then you're looking at examples like that. The first thing that's come to mind then was that bullying behaviour at school or that, not bullying, that antagonising by your stereotypical bully at school where they know that they've got a reaction out of you so they keep doing it. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, but the probably the, the main thing to keep in mind is you just look at the response to the behaviour. If, if, a, if a person, um, say, if I call you a name and you whack me one and I call you a name and you whack me one, I'm getting something from that whack in the face. Yeah. It might look like a punishment, but because the behaviour is happening more, yeah. we would call it a reward. We don't know why it's rewarding, but somehow it's getting Justin's rocks off and he's doing it again. So the fact that you <laughs> called me a plonker and I agreed with you, that really took the wind out of your sails, didn't it? Well, no, it was quite funny, actually. I'll call you, I called you a plonker another ten times after that, you'll notice. Um, but, but, you know, so so in, from a, so a child perspective, you think, okay, they're, they're back-chatting me. I'm, um, I'm, we're getting into an argument. They keep back-chatting me. I'm getting into an argument. Something about this setup is making the behaviour worse. I need to try something else. Yeah. So that's the main thing is you just look at the behaviour without attaching a value to it. Yeah. Now, if the behaviour keeps happening, something is supporting it. So if children never come up for dinner until I yell at them, they're getting some reward for ignoring me when I'm asking nicely and the reward is another five minutes watching telly. Yeah. yeah. So there's a payoff. Yeah. So you might say, look, um, guys, you know, you notice we always get into an argument about dinner. Yep, yeah, well, in future I'm going to ask you nicely once. I'm going to give you a two-minute warning. All right? Then if you're not at the table, I don't care what level you're on, the plug comes out of that PlayStation. Yeah. We clear? <laughs> and well, then the next day when they don't come up, because they won't, out comes the plug. You'll only do it once. I've done <laughs> this and this very example, I've done it in my own home mm. where my two, I've mm. said to them, dinner's ready, dinner's ready, dinner's ready. Give them three attempts to have their dinner and it didn't happen. So I put their dinner's in the fridge for tomorrow night. And they come Ooh, out. Ooh, that's cold. And they Get come out. Well, yeah. it was because it was in the fridge overnight. <laughs> um, but they come out See and they're like, where's that. dinner? Like this was half an hour later. I said, it's in the bin. Oh, we want our dinner. You should have come half an hour ago. And they went to bed hungry. They Well, they're 13 a night. They can go to bed hungry. But the following night. But the following night, I said, dinner's ready. Come and get it while it's hot. They were straight into the they, room. Yeah, so. you had me at dinner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, but, and again, you don't have to get emotional. You yeah. just tried a different input. You got a different output. Yeah. That's it. So I know it sounds very cold, but it's, this is not discounting the relationship. The postscript of the child with desert snot, desert storm, mm. we called it, um, <laughs> um, you know, was that uh, when he was playing nicely, the parents would go and engage with him, found other ways that he could signal a need for a break. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, teaching some very basic um, sign language and things like this. Uh, and, you know, so we didn't really deal with the relationship. 
But you know, one of the nicest things is said, you know, I feel like hugging my kid again, and I haven't felt like that for six months. Wow, what you a know, so it, uh, you know, so when we're able to get the behaviours we need to be able to live together, then that natural attachment can grow a bit better. Yes, um, while just... we're personalising poor behaviour, that attachment, we're getting emotional, we're saying or doing things that can damage the relationship, and nobody likes that, and you feel rubbish about yourself, which makes you more prone to temper. And it's you know, more um, pleasant stuff going on in the relationship then. It's, it's a lot less of that um, acrimonious stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tell people that uh, there's nothing in the world, anybody tells you that um, you can make parenting easy or easier is lying to you mm. with, uh, with uh, the sort of that positive parenting or triple P approach. Parenting is just as much hard work but hopefully just more fun. Yeah. So you're still putting in the same amount of work, but you're just enjoying it more. Yeah, well, that's it, <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah. Um, so, look, we could probably talk about this topic forever and ever, but we always try and maybe finish the podcast with a take-home. Um, Melissa, tell us what you're taking home. Well, I've actually um, suggested that Justin might come up with his three take-home messages just to be able to reinforce some of the points um, for parents, how does that sound? Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. Well, that's well, you probably heard. You, yeah, you probably heard. You know <laughs> that it isn't personal. <laughs> that's one of my favourite. Yeah, behaviour isn't personal. That comes up a lot for us. I think mm. that, that's a really good grounding strategy yeah. for a lot of things with yeah. parenting. Your your child's experimenting with power. That is getting more of what they want and less of what they don't. That is their job. Okay. Now, um, if you look at it in that sense. The mission is to help your child get the things they want in a socially and personally appropriate way. Uh, now, in terms of um, what we talked about today, the, the functional analysis of behaviour, I would just encourage parents, just look at the behaviour. If what you're doing is causing it to happen more, then somehow you're rewarding it. It will not be obvious how, but just take a step back, and don't try and figure this out when you're mad or when the behaviour's occurring because you won't. It'll be like teaching yourself to swim while you're drowning. Okay, you, you wait until everybody's calm and the kids are in bed and you're sitting there with a cup of tea with your partner and then say, look, let's get a piece of paper out and figure this out. And, of course, if you're still just stumped, then do speak to somebody with um, training in um, in analysis of behaviour or just behaviour management. Sometimes somebody outside the family that isn't emotionally involved can mm. be really handy, and God knows I've done it. Yeah. I've spoken to you know, a, a, a colleague about behaviours that are mystifying me at home and he'll see it or she will see it straight away Yeah. because they're not in the thick of it. You're too close so to So never, it, yeah. ever be scared to get an, a fresh set of eyes on it and just look at it as inputs and outputs and it might just free you up for a different perspective. Brilliant. Fantastic. That's great. Look, and I think one of the other things that I really love to drive home is don't forget to praise during those times where the mm. kids are actually doing something well. Absolutely. I always say that you know, somebody's behaviour is never finished. It's a garden. Yeah. Well, I say that about relationships. They're, they're a garden. They're never finished. Yeah. Now, if you want fewer weeds, you pull weeds out, sure, but you also plant flowers. Mm. So make sure if you're growing the behaviours you want, you make less room for the behaviours you don't. Mm. I love that analogy. Brilliant. Wow, that was a good one. Well, I reckon we get Justin back for a, another podcast. Oh, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Justin, are you up for another one? 
Oh, you make me feel so wanted. How could I say no? <laughs> so, yeah, there you've been. You, you're positive. You're positively reinforcing my good behaviour. There, there you I saw go. what you did. Tricky yeah. questions that I want to pose you about, which I guess carry on from functional analysis, uh, but potentially about the idea of uh, rewards and Ooh. how that differs from bribes. Are we going straight into this now? No, I reckon we'll do that in a separate podcast. Okay, well, I'll, then, good, I can go away and prepare. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Thanks Justin. Very that was much. brilliant. Melissa, how good Pleasure. was that? That was awesome. Yeah. Very good. I think that makes it so much clearer, even to, to recognise there are things you can do from a home basis to start with, just to be able to uh, see what you might be doing to reinforce the behaviour. Yeah, for sure. Justin's the shit, I reckon. I've been called worse. <laughs> By no, my kids. You, you're the shit, not you are shit. <laughs> you're the shit. Um, the dog's balls. Fantastic. The duck's nuts. Um, Melissa, great podcast. Um, if you guys want to know more, uh, please visit our Facebook page. Um, all the letters dot facebook.com forward slash this blooming child where you'll see um you'll get a link for today's podcast um look on our website www.thisbloomingchild.com.au and find us anywhere that you find your free podcasts look forward to catching up with you guys again soon see ya cheers Bye. bye